This is Boat Crew RPG with Red Jack. For mature audiences only. You guys wake up the next morning in your homes. You have much of the day ahead of you. So I will start with Gabriel as to how you start your day. Um, what day is it of the week? I mean, that is a good question. I don't recall if we ever defined what day the previous day was. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be reasonable to assume that um, it is, it is the weekend weekday. is over? Yes, the weekend is over. It is a weekday. So possibly like Monday? Yes, we'll assume that it's Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in that case, I probably have some errands to run. Um, or I don't know, possibly some classes in the morning to attend. Um, maybe I even go to um, my college club, uh, the name of which I don't know, the, the spiritualist or um, occultist, however we want to. The local spiritual society. Yeah. And if I can, maybe I can inquire about like um, ritualistic murder in the kind that is like that I've seen, because it seems to me like. Uh, when that prostitute was like uh, cut open with a cleaver, it had some um, symbolic meaning to it. And uh, the detective also said that like all the previous uh, murders had similar um, uh, had a similar style. It was always like a knife or uh, a cutting implement that's being used. Okay, you get up and you find that the servants have laid out breakfast as well as a soup for you. Your cane has been polished and let out, left out for you as well. You can take your time in the morning getting ready however you please. Your father's already left for work. Your mother is busy doing whatever it is that she does in the day she's out of the house. You find an additional $100 left for you by your father, along with a small note, just in case. Just in case I need to buy a small apartment. Or an emergency attorney. <laughs> And you set out on the streets of Boston. It's a pretty brisk morning. You make your way by foot towards the college. You make your way to the college library. As you enter the library, you get hardly a glance from the librarians at the door and the large desk that's by the door. You make your way. You hear the sounds of pages turning, people breathing, reading. It's the standard din of a library. You make your way back towards the side room that your mystic society has sort of taken over as their primary meeting spot. Uh, along the way, can I grab the um, the newspaper? No. Oh, okay. You can sit and read a newspaper. Well, if, if you're going to buy one on the street, yes. But if you're trying to use the library copy, those mm -hmm. copies are attached to a large wooden stick. Right. And, you know, you have to sit out and turn it and you have to turn the, you know, the, newspaper back into the next person that wants to read it i mean um i might just buy it yeah um, if, at if least you, buy it, you know two cents on the corner you get yourself a copy of the newspaper so you get to your uh clubhouse as it were you do the secret knock you hear the door unlock one of your fellow students is behind the door he has his nose half in a book and he sort of glances up to you oh good morning gabriel you're here a bit early And he sort of goes right back to staring at the book, sits down in a very large, plush chair, 
picks up a pipe that he had been smoking and continues to read. Good morning. He can't quite place his name, but he's yeah. one of the newer members. <laughs> Does it appear that he's been reading there all night or did he just arrive? His clothing is a little rough rustled. His hair has that oily sheen of you need a shower. By all guesses, he's been there all night. All right. I think I'll leave him be. Um, maybe I try to get a glance at what he's reading. He's reading a standard Catholic book on exorcisms. Yeah, that adds up. <laughs> All right. Is there anything in particular you're looking for in your private section of the library? I'm not sure what I would be uh, going off of. I mean, of course, there is uh, the component I already mentioned that I believe there's some sort of symbolic gesture to it and like ritualistic murder. I could go in the direction of like uh, sacrifices to gods, especially because all the uh, victims have been prostitutes, which usually is like a sign of um, sin. Give me a, let's see here. Let me see which ability this particular proficiency ties into. I mean, in terms of proficiencies, I could maybe offer academician, um, history, forbidden lore. Give me a d20 roll. You're rolling against your wisdom minus two. So you have to roll under a 13. Yeah, no. (laughs) There are just so many possibilities. You really can't settle on one. So you just start grabbing books. You're like, okay, so this will be, you know, sacrifices to these ancient gods. I'll grab this tome on demonic sacrifices and ritual killings. I'll grab this book on Polynesian human sacrifice into volcanoes. I'll grab this book on, you know, ancient step mummification. Because I remember this one part about some of the mummies having been ritually mummified. Let's grab this book on bog bodies and ancient northern sacrifices oh and we'll grab this book on native american mythology and lore maybe there's something in there about human sacrifice and you just before long you have this stack of books and you just don't know where to start with it you finally get to your library carol you set them down and you look at them and you have a moment of deflation yeah it's kind of a mess Mm, probably uh I get frustrated really easily um, trying to find the connection between like Cain and Abel and Aztecian sacrifices. Um, so I, I think I'm going to like get up and walk around a little bit, maybe uh, smoke my pipe in a corner for a minute and check the, check the newspaper that I bought um, for like, well, anything drastic. <laughs> Nothing drastic shows up in the newspaper. Remember, they're trying to keep it quiet. You know, it's the standard news. You do, you know, there's a small article about a bar fight, a body found in the river, you know, apparently drowned. Nothing really leaps out at you. As you're smoking your pipe, the other young man in the corner, in his overstuffed chair, kind of looks up at you and he, he takes a couple of puffs. Gabriel, I know I'm new here, but is there something I could help you with? Mm, not sure. Have you have you, you read about these recent uh, murders that have been happening here? I, I've heard a little bit about them, and it, it does seem a little 
strange the way in which they're occurring. Part of me wonders if it's some sort of local madman, uh, possibly someone who's possessed. I'm, you know, the the possession angle seems really strong to me. How's that? Oh, why is that? It just feels right. I did a couple of tarot readings and, you know, that's sort of where they led me to. And I later this afternoon, I'm going to try to do that thing that the Chinamen do with the sticks. Learn about that. See if that might give me some insight. But I'm very curious about that. I'm also very curious about that body in the river this morning. I saw that in the newspaper. I glance over the story again. Is there like a description of the body or is it just like uh, unidentified body? Unidentified man in his 50s. Approximately in his 50s. Hmm. The younger guy goes on. You know, there's a significant Irish population here. I'm wondering if there's some sort of selkie at work deliberately drowning people. I guess could be. Is this something that recurs often? I haven't been paying attention to bodies and rivers. I don't see any real pattern to it, but there's, you know, I've heard about bodies here and there in the river. I remember when I was, you know, a kid and and you look at him and he's like maybe barely 18. When I was a kid, we found a body, uh, you know, in the river caught up in some ropes and some nets. And so I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a, a family of Selkies or maybe he's just a drunk guy. I don't know. It's 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 interesting though. I should probably get a book on the Selkies. Maybe there was something I missed the last time. I'll do that after I finish this book. Now where was I? Ah yes. And he runs his finger down the page until he finds his spot and continues reading. So possession uh, is also what Gabriel had in mind. Mm. But to him, it appeared like uh, the it wasn't like a pure violent uh, possession. It had some ritualistic meaning to it. But maybe uh, he's on the wrong track there. Mm. Since it's been brought up, maybe he can read up on uh, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, absolutely. There are some London newspapers on file with the library if he wants to go through those. No real books have been written on the subject yet. Uh, yeah, maybe like the folklore around him, not exactly what police have found out, but what people have been speculating because uh, it appears that there's like a um, someone around here who's inspired by this figure. And they're probably inspired by the folklore more so than what was actually happening. Let me do a quick date check. It's only been about 10 years since the Whitechapel murders. Most of the information the library has, most of the information the library has is only what is contained in the copies of the London newspapers that they have on file. The librarians gladly assist you in collecting any newspaper that has an article about it, you know, which is a significant number of issues from 1888 uh, through 1891 as the, uh, as several articles were written while the police were following and investigating and trying to determine what had happened. Hmm. Where do I go from here? (laughs) 
give me a quick academician roll. How does that one work? That's another proficiency check. I believe that is rolled against your intelligence. No, it's rolled against your wisdom, but there's no modifier. So 15 or less. Perfect. I make this one. You do. Okay, so you go through the articles and you find that the ones from 1888 themselves are the most useful, um, in, at least in terms of hard facts. They detail the gory nature of the murders, the absolute evisceration, the removal of organs, the horrible, horrifying, bloody messes, some of the early police theories. You know, is he a butcher? Is he a surgeon? Is he some sort of immigrant? You know, you get the names of the victims. Marianne Nichols, Annie Chapman, Catherine Eddowes, Mary Kelly, and Elizabeth Stride, uh, with Mary Kelly being, I believe, the last one. You know, there's some pretty horrifying photos included. And then you get to some of the theories. You know, you have the police theory. Uh, one of the quotes that you get is, all five murders, no doubt, were committed by the same hand. In the first four, the throats appear to have been cut from left to right. In the last case, owing to the extensive mutilation, it is impossible to say in what direction the fatal cut was made. But arterial blood was found on the wall in splashes close to where the woman's head must have been lying. From left to right, as viewed by the victim or by uh, the police officer observing? Most, most likely by the police officer. So Gabriel probably like fidgets around <laughs> with his hand in the air and tries to figure out whether um, the murderer was right or left-handed. Gabriel pretty, pretty quickly you know, recognizes that if they were just slashing forward mm -hmm. from left to right, they were probably right-handed. If they were going left to right and they were attacking the person from behind, they were probably left-handed. Also, there's this theory that uh, the murderer was a surgeon And Gabriel thinks back uh, about the discussion he had with Percy regarding the doctor that they visited. And he's unsure about him still. Yep. As, as the dates progress, many of the articles seem to focus more on the possibility of a surgeon, a barber, or a butcher. Almost certainly someone who is either an immigrant or uneducated, because we can't say unfortunate things about the upper classes. Uneducated, but a surgeon. A foreign surgeon. <laughs> uneducated in the proper British ways. So, yeah, Gabriel takes some notes um, in his little notebook, especially, like, regarding the photos, and he tries to think back about what he saw in that horrible night um, and maybe the descriptions he had uh, from the newspaper and the detective. Mm, basically, he's trying to narrow down um, what happened there and what's happening here in um, in London of course there was not this occurrence that there was always a different homeless man attacking the prostitutes right? Correct in London they never actually had an eyewitness you know there were several primary suspects let's see here one was a barrister but he was never really seriously looked at as a suspect. It was just the coincidental timing of his suicide. Two of the suspects were Polish immigrants, one Catholic, one Jewish. One was a Russian con man and thief. Sorry, three were Polish immigrants. 
two of which were Jewish, one of which was Catholic, and one was a uh, a quack from the United States in Canada named Francis Tumblety. In what way was he a quack? He was largely known to sell various uh, quote-unquote Indian herbs as cures for various ailments. Making note of that. <laughs> If anyone is doing any possession magic, it sounds like someone along his caliber. Some of his uh, better-known products are Tumble Tea's Pimple Destroyer, Dr. Morse's Indian Root Pills. <laughs> Toothpaste with added uranium. Yes, that sort of thing. Um, so I don't recall whether we had made arrangements, um, Percy and I, I mean, about when we want to meet up. Um, uh, you had not. Hmm. Well, then it's probably a good idea for me to maybe try to meet him for lunch or something like that. Okay. And on that note, we'll switch over to Percy. Percival. Yes. You wake up. Yeah, probably, probably Percival wakes up probably like a crack of dawn because he's so used to military, you know, time that he wakes up in you know, a crack of dawn and for a moment he forgets you know where he is what he's doing he's like oh wait not not not, not an army base i i can sleep i don't know i don't have to wake up but i have to wake up for the sun anymore and then he he will contemplate like getting up and getting ready for the day but it was something that he's finally back in his home after all the stuff that's happening he's actually gonna, he's going to take the time to actually go back to sleep and sleep for longer than he usually does Then he will get up at like probably a couple hours later and get started with his day. That second session of sleep is very, very restless. Your head hits the pillow. And as you feel yourself drift off into unconsciousness, you start having a very vivid dream. Splashes of bright colors, intense blue, a very vibrant green, oranges, And then slowly, all of the colors sort of take on this red tint, and they start dripping and running before your vision, as if it were blood splashed on a wall. And in the pool of blood, you see reflected just this pair of glowing blue eyes, wild with hatred and intense with this burning desire to absolutely wreck, gut, eviscerate vivisect whatever is in front of it and those eyes get bigger and bigger and bigger until finally percival sees himself standing in front of the bathroom mirror holding a straight razor dripping with blood grinning like the kid who snuck the last cookie out of the cookie jar and then you wake up and it's about 10 30 in the morning so yeah the second time percival wakes up he is going to be you know sweating he's going to be nervous And at first he is going to try to dismiss it as a dream, but then he's like, wait, no, that, that, that'd be nice if it was just a dream, but he, he, he's, he's wondering if it was maybe something more. And since he lacks the occult knowledge of his friend, he's, he's just sort of left to stew and wonder and fret over just what did that dream mean and whether or not he should be worried or extra worried about it. So he's going to, you know, get up, get dressed. Clearly, like his mind's clearly not on it, on like what, clearly not on what he's doing. So he's, you know, just absentmindedly shaving, you know, making sure to, that he doesn't disturb the uh, the bandages on his chest. 
you know, he, he is very clearly you know, not really not not present mentally. And then after you know getting something to eat and heading out, he he will like wander around for a bit because again he is you know he is he knows he's going to meet Gabriel. It's it's needs to meet him to investigate the place, but he needs to sort of you know try to work things out. He's trying to I say probably you know go down like get the local newspaper and see what's going on there. And I think when he sees the uh, the bit about the body washed up on the in the river. He'll feel the, he'll feel like he needs to you know check it out just to say he feel be able to do something to possibly help the investigation of anything just check it out make sure it does if it is involved or if it's not. Okay, you find a set of clothing hanging for you on the back of your door when you wake up. Again, breakfast has been was laid out has been removed and a simple pastry has been left out for you as the servants prepare lunch. And you leave, you walk into this brisk morning, the bustle of the city all around you. You hear the birds, the people, the clatter of horses and carts. Which way do you go to start your day? Like I said, I think he would just want to sort of wander around for a bit just to sort of, I guess, to clear one to clear his head and help sort of calm himself down from the dream he had. And then once he's calmed himself down, then he will, like I said, want to like, you know, find out what's going on in the city for the day and just find out the local newspaper. Does he wander towards the river? Does he wander up towards the common? I think he'll probably wander towards the river, especially after, like I said, because he'll just want to, you know, just move, just do, you know, move himself somewhere. Okay. As he wanders towards the river, he starts to hear the calls of fishmongers attempting to sell their catch. The crowd becomes a little more mixed, a little bit rougher, a little more industrious little less uh, proper and educated, as it were. And the smell of the river picks up that wet, fishy smell of the day's catch along the riverbanks. There's a good crowd. And as you walk, you do come across maybe a 10-year-old kid selling papers. You grab one for, you know, two cents. And you flip open the paper, and you do find the article about the body that uh, was found. You read through it, same information. Man in his guess to be in his 50s, found floating in the river, appears to be an accidental drowning due to alcohol. Police trying to identify. All right. So I think he would like stop by like thing just to see if he can identify, just to make sure that it hasn't like, you know, he has there isn't because he is the dream upset him enough that he's wondering if perhaps the murderer might be like he starts to have a theory in his mind that you know what if the murderer is trying to reach out to get them personally and like trying to track them down because they did interfere with that one killing and so now Percival is going to I feel he would want to like stop by the you know by the police and just see if he can identify the person or not okay even if it's just to you know satisfy his nerves that you know it is just an unrelated you know death do you go to the nearest precinct house or do you go back to the precinct house that you're a little more familiar with? I think he go back to the one he's familiar with just so that way he, he can, you know, ha- he, he has someone he, if you know, there's somewhat familiar faces, at least he's, you know, faces he's seen before that he can. Are you going back to find O'Neill specifically? I think that he think he would try that at first. And if that didn't work, then he would probably like, you'll know, see, talk to someone else. But yeah, I think he'll, will try to go see O'Neill. 
Okay. All right, you make your way back to the precinct house. You ask to speak with Detective O'Neill. Secretary says, oh, yep, go, absolutely, go ahead, uh, take a seat. And a few minutes later, O'Neill steps around the corner. Oh, Mr. Stokes, kind of surprised to see you here today. Why don't we uh, come back to my office so we can discuss whatever it is you're here to see me about? All right, very well. He leads you through those familiar hallways, back to his familiar office. It seems a little more welcoming this time than it did the first time. <laughs> yeah, this time he's not, he hasn't you know, spent the night in a, in a cell. As you take a seat in front of his desk, he offers you a cigarette. He'll take it. He'll light your cigarette for you. He'll take a cigarette of his own, light it, take a seat at his desk, lean back in his chair. You'll hear it creak a little bit as he does so. He looks at you, exhales through his nose, takes a deep breath. So what brings you back to my humble office? Well, I'll be honest. I'm not a man who's particularly good at trying to... I'm not, I'm not really a man of thought. Well, no, I was, I'm not stupid. I, I'm feeling like, unlike my friend Gabriel, I don't have the wherewithal to go deep into the books and the archives and trying to find connections to things. And I've been feeling somewhat restless and with the matter you asked us to help you with. It's, I, 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 I'm rambling. It's, I did not have very good sleep last night. I, my mind is somewhat scattered. I apologize. So, okay. So, yeah, um, As you're talking, uh, Percival, the detective will interrupt you. He'll take a quick okay. puff on a cigarette. Slow down, Mr. Stokes. Take your time. Would you like some coffee? No, no, no. I'll just the cigarettes. Fine. I just like, you know, he'll, he will finish the cigarette before he, you know, decides to explain what, to go into more detail. All right. So I read in the newspaper that there was a body somewhat drowned, and the, no one's identified him yet. Oh yeah, yeah. Just it, it, from everything I've heard, it looks like just some drunk staggered home and fell in the river on his way. Yeah. Well, you know, if if it's all possible, I could just like a, a drawing of his face or something. I I wouldn't mind you know, just take a look to see if I might identify him. It's you know, if it if it's if it's if it's uh, needed, you do you want to go to the morgue? I can just show you the body. Oh, that's even better. You okay. n- you never know. It's just well, you know, this case seems unusual, so it doesn't hurt to be uh, careful in checking the things that you just because there you might not have a clear idea. It doesn't mean you shouldn't check it out. You know what I mean? Not entirely, but I'm willing to entertain it. Are you ready to go now, or do you need to make? Yeah, 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 just lead on. Yeah, let's let me just uh, discuss the situation with my secretary real quick, and we can grab a cab over. And he'll step out into his into the hallway, closing the door behind him. About three minutes later, he'll return. Let's go. He'll grab his coat off the rack and his hat, and he'll lead the way to the outside steps of the precinct house. He'll wave down a cab. You know, you guys, as you guys climb in, he yells up to the cabbie, city morgue, and the cabbie jerks on the reins and the horse starts off and you guys are now clattering through Boston. On the way there, he, first of all, he will at first just stay quiet and, you know, just look out the, out the window for a bit 
when I don't, I don't know what to call it back then. And so he, then he will like sort of turn to the detective and say, have you had any dr- unusual dreams ever since this, you started looking into this case? I have not. Huh. That's probably just nerves. You know, I've, I've heard all kinds of stories about, you know, things, you know, popping up in dreams like that. It's, that's, you know, just something to think about. To be entirely fair, I see some pretty horrible things on a regular basis. I imagine you would. I imagine so. I might at some point if we, if there's another, uh, if we go to war again. I'm rather inured to the unfortunate side of humanity, we'll say. Mm. So as a general rule, I sleep, sleep pretty peacefully at night. That's good. What has piqued your interest in this particular body? Are you just curious to see if it fits or are you worried it might be someone you know? All of the above, I would imagine. Just, I have a bad feeling in my guts and I'm not, I'm not quite sure what's the cause of it. It's, I find it's best to just do whatever I, just to, just to, Explore all the possible avenues of what could be causing it. It's just, it's hard to explain, I admit. I understand. You might be surprised to hear this, but oftentimes intuition plays a very big role in us solving the cases that we have. You just feel that something's off and you, you know, you pull on that thread until suddenly the whole case unravels. Hmm. I just hope the case unravels and not my mind in this case. He will laugh to himself slightly. I hope so as well, for your sake and mine. The last thing this city needs is another madman. That it that that it does. That it does. And I think he'll you know sort of lapse back into silence after that. After maybe about ten minutes of silence, the detective will uh pull out a cigarette, light it. Have you uh, spoken to your friend at all today? No, not yet. I do know that he, I think, I believe we talked about it last night. He, he intended to uh, consult his, uh, he has some friends who are very into the occult. So he decided to go and search the uh, their, their library for any kind of information about that. I can't understand those people. Why would anyone go into such trash? I admit there's uh, quite a few people who are interested in the occult that are it just and it's to squeeze a few cents out of the uh, nearest fool, but you know it's. I feel there's there is some who have knowledge worth merit. There are always stranger things. Hmm? Trickery. It's all smoke and mirrors. Trickery. Yeah. Just trying to bilk people out of their money. Well, it it might not hurt to learn the tricks so that way you won't be tricked yourself. Why do you think I have the opinion I do? You know how many false fake seance scams we've had to deal with no how many quite a few people promising to resurrect the dead loved ones as long as you invest enough money into their operation people offering potions and charms that will invigorate and energize and cure diseases frauds all of them Mm. the only difference is whether or not they break a law the smart ones they just sort of dance around the edges of the law the dumb ones or the greedy ones, they're the ones that uh, end up behind bars. So it seems the jails are not truly filled with the guilty, but rather with the stupid. I would say it's a fair mix of both, usually within the same population, the same bodies. 
Oh, well, here we are. All right. And the cab slows to a halt, and the detective leaps out, nimbly dodging a puddle on the street. Well, let's All get right. you in to see your corpse. Yep. And so, yeah, he, uh, Percival will follow after the detective. When the detective says corpse, Percival glances up and he sees the cabbie just given this weird, quizzical look like, what? And then the cabbie dashes. Percival can only just sort of shrug at the, at the, at the cabbie and just goes off to follow the detective. Cabbie just dashes the reins, takes off down the street, grabs another fare about a block away. You see that happen as you walk in through the front door of the county morgue. They take you down into the basement. You walk into this room that's just covered. Everything is covered in tile. The floor is covered in tile. The walls are covered in tile. The ceiling's covered in tile. One wall has this great series of vaults, you know, and one vault is open and a tray has slid out. And there's a thick canvas cloth covering what you presume is a body. There are a couple of examination tables. They appear to be made of porcelain or some other very glossy white material. There's a very bored looking attendant sitting behind a desk in one corner going over some files. As you guys walk in, the detective claps his hands. Let's see the drown guy. At that, the board attendant sort of jumps, not expecting anyone to come in, closes the file he was working on. Uh, And and you are, sir, Detective O'Neill, Boston Police. Let's see the drown guy. Uh, 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 Yeah, yeah, absolutely, sir. The attendant gets up from his desk, sandy hair, nasty pockmarked face. Looks like he may have survived around with smallpox at some Ooh. point in his life. Just horribly scarred. Rushes over to the tray that has slid out, you know, prepares to pull back the canvas cloth. And you're sure, detective, you gentlemen are ready? Yep, we're ready. Do it. And he folds back the cloth gently. And you see a gentleman who is still sopping wet they haven't exactly cleaned him up or began to examine him yet judging by his clothing he is a dock worker or laborer of some sort you know short gray hair gray and black stubble hasn't shaved in probably four or five days you're guessing he's probably around 215 to 230 in terms of weight maybe about five foot eight is the weight a uh, muscle or a uh... Flab. Seems to be a bit of both. He's not exactly jacked, but based on how broad his chest is and the thickness of his biceps, you are pretty sure he could do some damage. Could have done some damage if you'd wanted to. All right. So yeah, I I'm gonna guess Percival doesn't really recognize him. Just by the just no, Percival does not recognize him at all. So yeah, Percival will look at the face, look look all around, and see if there's anything. It's like. Then he'll sigh and, nope, don't recognize him. And after a moment, he will like an idea. He will get an idea. It's like, so do all the bodies the county finds come end up here? Or usually, unless someone claims them pretty quick, if it's so, a crime, yeah, they'll end up here. If it's, you know, someone passes in their home, then they'll go usually to a hospital or directly to a funeral home. So you've seen those the women that have been you know that those murders that have been happening the the women you've you've seen those bodies they brought them here uh yeah yeah I've uh, seen a couple of them so like like so what could so when did like when when did you like how did you what was the clue that they were all like the same murderer or like the same style was it the 
that they were all done the same way, or was it the same like weapon, or like how did how like, do you know how that connection was made? They all seem to be done the same way. I mean, it wasn't always the same weapon, but you know they got cut up pretty bad, stabbed, slashed. One of them, you know, it looked like whoever was doing it was working their way up towards gutting them all. You know, a couple of them were gutted. One of them, it looks like they got interrupted. The most recent one that I saw. Mm. But, it, you know, from what I understand, they're all done with something that's nearby and they're all done by a some homeless guy huh. or someone. I see. And the last one was a homeless guy, I thought. Yes. Yes, it was. The last one was. Thank you for your, thank you for your time. And I thought this would be more helpful than it would be. But, well, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt to check. It doesn't uh, yeah, hurt to I mean, check. If. You want? I mean, there were some personal effects on this guy. Do you think he was one of the killers? Well, did he have anything unusual? Not really. A couple of dollars. That's it. Yeah, uh, a paper. What? What's on the paper? Or what? It looked like he was making bets. Really? Why did I see that? Uh, yeah. Just, just be careful with it. And he so, look- goes uh, back around to his desk, opens up a drawer, pulls out a tray. And brings it over, and you know, you see a folded up piece of paper, a few cigarettes that obviously can never be smoked, they're just soaking wet and falling apart. A few, like two dollars, a couple of coins. And so, what does the paper say? Like, is it you know, legible or is it just a soggy mess? It's partially legible. The time in the river did it no favors. It looks like some of the markings were made in ink, some of the markings were made in pencil. The pencil ones are legible, the ink ones have bled. It right. looks like what it's a, the- yeah, it looks like it's a list, a series of columns with you know what you know an amount in the first column, a ratio in the second column, and the third column was either a plus in a number or a minus in a number. All right, so can I make a roll just because like he might have seen something somewhat similar like during his time in the army when like you know during the off hours the you know the old soldier would like gamble and stuff. Would he recognize anything like that? Can I make a roll to recognize that? Uh, you don't need a roll for it. it. It looks like someone who has been keeping track of the bets they've made and their wins and losses. Hmm. Well, unless he, well, he might have. So yeah, he might have been seeing somebody about betting. If he, this is how he, if he drowned so recently, but still in his pocket, and unless he just decides to walk around with his uh, betting notes in his pocket, uh, be useful. So we still have no idea who this man is. We don't know who he is. Um. From what I understand, there are officers canvassing the various bars along the waterfront to see if anyone can identify a sketch that we made. All right. Could be useful. Like, first of all, we'll, like, you know, sort of make make the notes to, like, remember, like, the man's face. He he, he remembers dimly that, you know, they were mentioned there was a bookie they were supposed to go meet. So... He's like not sure if it's connected, but he's just making a note in case there is a connection. Okay. And like he'll turn to like the to the detective, like, thank you for your time. Uh, I think I'm I, I think I'm done here. I, sorry, I couldn't be more help to you. You know, that's quite all right. I hope this is of some use in some strange way. But really it's not a problem for me at all. Well, all right, I know thank where you to for, find me if you need me again. Yes. Again, thank you for your time. He'll like, you know, turn to the uh, up to the morgue worker. Thank you again. And then he'll like, you know, head off and probably uh, 
you know, start to make its way towards meeting Gabriel for uh, lunch. Okay. O'Neill will stay and converse. You hear a low conversation with the attendant as you leave. Right, you step back out onto the street, still the bustle of the city. And as you step outside, you realize you guys didn't make any definite plans to meet. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> well, knowing, and this was like, well, knowing Gabriel, he's probably at the college somewhere. So it should be a simple matter of go- tracking him down from there. Okay. Do you take a cab or do you walk? I think I'll take a cab. All right. Takes a few minutes. <laughs> Send a raven. <laughs> Takes a few minutes. Well, tele- a... Telegram, telegram is a thing. Yes, but you have to know where the person is in order to get it to them. <laughs> I mean, you could send one to his house and hope. However, um, as you think this through, you've got your hand up. Eventually, a handsome does pull up. Takes a few minutes. You, know, you hop in. You tell the driver of the college and... He starts off towards the college, and you have some time alone to think. Is there anything in particular that Percival is pondering? Yeah, he is pondering, because, you know, the dead dock worker and the fact that he had some betting things on him, and the fact that, the he, if he recalls correctly, the reporter friend or their contact mentioned a bookie to them to look into, he's wondering if there is a connection, because, you know, he has heard, you know, all kinds of stories about how, you know, these uh, debt collectors and betting guys. If you get, you know, if you get too deep into them, they'll kill you. Or if you, have all kinds of stories uh, of that, down that line. So he is wondering if perhaps the there is a connection between the bookie they're going to look into and the dead dock worker, and that could be useful if in the conversation that could be useful information if it isn't in, in fact connected. So he is, you know, he is full on just trying to find connect all kinds of events, to, you know together because he is he he is not familiar with detective work but since he is in it he's doing his best to, to connect whatever he can okay all right back to gabriel while percival's in his cab on the way to the university what are gabriel's next steps hmm, good question i mean i wanted to meet him for lunch but i have the same problem that he does that we didn't make plans <laughs> I guess as to not to uh, make things too complicated, I hang out in the college cafeteria area. Okay. Um, There isn't so much a formal cafeteria. There is a dining hall. It's not open for service. The general approach is that you provide your own food and occasionally they'll provide snacks or have food available if there's an event. As you exit the library to make your way towards the dining hall, you for for some odd reason you just you notice this little small group of pigeons you know just waddling across the cobblestones of the courtyard that you're about to enter and you hear the city behind you and you start to think on the pigeons how blissfully ignorant they are of everything going on around them you know they're just being pigeons there's no murder there's no occult there's no sacrifice they're, they're just Eat, fly, lay eggs, and be a pigeon. And as you're sort of gazing at these pigeons wistfully, you hear a clattering of a cab behind you. Percival, your cab pulls up to the college, and you see Gabriel standing outside the library taking a look at some pigeons, and he seems very lost in thought. That's 
Percival will uh, get out of the cab and walk up to <laughs> Gabriel and say, I know it's about lunchtime, but I, ca- I can't recommend eating pigeon. They find, I think they're far too bony for that. Oh, yeah. I was just zoning out. How have you been doing, my friend? I've been... I've, I've been... I've just been trying to trying to be useful. I don't know how useful I've been so far, but I'm trying. How's your wound? It's it's doing fine. Oh, that's good. How how I see you're at the college like I thought you would be. So have you has you has your uh, consulting the books yielded you any uh, results? Uh, I've I'm afraid not really. I've been trying to find that one book that tells me everything about the murder we're looking for but turns out they only write these after the fact so I see. much luck well we have I know we I know that we are stuff that dude let's let's I don't know let's let's get something to eat and say if we can come up with a plan later on for later on and see if we can actually get somewhere yeah we will have to pick something up around the corner but uh, we can sit in the dining hall over here very well so, I mean, we still have that contact possibility. Yes. What was it? The bookie? Oh, yes. That reminds me. You remember, you saw, you, have you read this, have you read this today's paper? Yeah, sure. He probably still has it like wrapped up under his arm. So I, you know, there was a, a man that they found a man drowned in the river. I know it's most likely not connected, but it, there is a possibility that, so I, I actually, I went and saw the body. I talked to Detective O'Neill and asked to see the body. Just perhaps, you know, maybe he was related to the uh, those murders that are happening around here. And it, is, it was a dock worker. I didn't recognize him off just by face. But in his pockets, they found they had what looked like a like a gambling sheet of some kind, like a record of of gambling, which could be related to the bookie we were wanting to go see. Okay, interesting. So, do you think this person was in gambling debt? And could be. Maybe, maybe he won that night, and he decided to drink it for the victory, and then ended up drowning. Who knows? But it is. It, it was some. It's some. It's more information than we had at the beginning of the day, and that's at least more information is always useful. And if it was the case that he was in debt and they killed him for it, then that means we're. we're but we're going to go talk to a dangerous, someone dangerous. I mean, or the whole region is full of thieves and he did actually win maybe just a small amount and they robbed him and things turned really violent. Either way, it's either way. It, it should be, it should be uh, prepared in case violence does erupt. And he will like, you know, he will like, you know, show off like the pistol that he's been carrying along with him all day. Do you have anything to, to defend yourself with for tonight. <laughs> ah, what a great moment. So <laughs> Gabriel shows off his sword cane <laughs> and his derringer, the most posh, useless weapons ever. <laughs> Upon seeing the derringer, Percival will just sort of look at it, look at Gabriel, look back at it, look back at Gabriel. It's 38 special. It's got special in the name. All right. Well, he 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 he'll he'll struggle to find some of the words. He'll just well. All right. I guess you if you get surprised, that'll definitely be good. Not much good for reloading, I suspect. Though, but 
Oh, I trained that actually. And he like flicks the Derringer open with his hand. <laughs> Percival will uh, lose his eyebrows at that. Just, well, that's uh, all right. That's better than most the most people I've seen with those things. It's accurate up to like 20 yards, I think. Really? Huh. So it is like, I just want to, it, it is a little womanly though. I, I, you, you do know that. I didn't want to say it for it's, it is slightly womanly. It's okay. It's uh, about the only thing I can comfortably carry in my suit pocket. I, I don't that, have a holster and it looks awful when I have like a, a belt uh, holster on me. Well, you know, I I have seen like some people have like made like these the weirdest like vests thing. Like I've seen like I've seen I remember I just remember one man he had a vest on that had like a, a holster like that would go under the arm, and that didn't show on like his profile. Well, he didn't have a jacket on at the time, so he was he was showing off the vest that he just bought. So I don't really okay, know how okay. well it conceals. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've well, heard just, horrible you know, things. Would, of, would you rather be fashionable or defended? I mean, I've heard horrible things of people who put their revolvers in like their uh, jeans pocket or something and shot themselves in the leg. Well, that's just if you're being a damn fool about it. <sighs> you know me. I would totally, I would totally be that fool. You might have, a, you might have something there. All right. So, so lunch then. Then we shall then we shall go see our uh, gambling contact eventually. That sound agreeable? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Given the time, I say we call it here. We can pick right. up with your lunch and the aftermath at our next session. Want to find out more about the story? Join our Discord channel. The link is in the description. <laughs>